Bible study. We're coming to you. And uh, Arizona, that's what it is. We're here for the Havasu Deuce Days car uh, show. We had a nice little roadster ride here this morning. So uh, Jan and Pam, you missed it, but we've had a real good time. I hope you gals are having a good time not riding in a roadster right now. Uh, Tonight we will be in 1 Peter chapter 4. I did have a request this morning, though, to uh, possibly uh, just uh, go over uh, Matthew 24 just a little bit. And, and I understand that. Uh, what with all the things going on in our world today, current international affairs, uh, and with Matthew 24 dealing with end times. So I can understand why my friend was asking me to touch on it tonight. Uh, I have to say that I really didn't have enough time to prepare something really great, but what I can tell you, and it's the same thing I tell everybody when asked a question concerning eschatology, which happens to be the study of end times, it's be prepared. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing that's going on, and that's what we need to be. That's why we are here at the Hot Rod Bible Study tonight, is to help everybody be prepared to where they're going. There's only two places, heaven and hell, right? We desire that you are prepared to go to heaven when the time comes, whether you die or whether Jesus comes back or whether there's Armageddon, whatever the deal is, that's why we're here, is so that everyone can be prepared. So, with that, let's uh, open with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful day that you provided for us. We uh, thank you also for the word that you provide, and we pray, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds to your word, and as always, keep me out of the way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, how do you like the background? How would you like Jim's nifty uh, panoramic... Uh, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, panning everything through. Okay, first... Oh, that's right. Thank you. Jim reminds me. There's over 400 cars on this street earlier today. And got to run into my old friend Stuart Lohr, too. He's here. You know, gosh, Stewie and I go back, well, at least 55 years. 55. Yeah. It would tell, hey, Royal, the ride was great, and we didn't even do anything stupid. Okay, so that all being said, First Peter 4, where it says, Therefore Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. For he no longer should live the rest of his life of flesh, Pardon me, and he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough time in our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, 
that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak to the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the ability, do it, yes, as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not think it strange uh, concerning the fiery trial that is which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Let that, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him be not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. And that's where we'll finish up this evening. Okay, again, First uh, Peter is a... A book that is not only of instruction but of encouragement. Uh, we see that we are encouraged in chapter 4 here that when we suffer for Christ's sake, you know, it's great. Okay. So, starting on verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Okay. This is a continuation of last week's study where Peter speaks of Christ's suffering. All right? And it says here, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Okay, most of us in the United States have not suffered in the flesh for our faith. Really, we haven't, we haven't been burned at the stake or shot or beaten or anything like that. Now, we have, however, suffered at times uh, persecution. Uh, you know, it might be just somebody making fun of you for, for your belief or whatever, and that's, that's nothing. But there are times when we suffer persecution, count it as joy. It's kind of like James said, count it as joy, because then you know that you're doing something for the kingdom. Because if you weren't doing anything, Satan's fine with you just doing what you're doing. He's not going to mess with you. But if you're doing something for the kingdom, guess what? He's going to mess with you. Okay, now, 
when this is you are ceased from sin after suffering in the flesh, verse 2 goes on to say that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Okay, when we have survived persecution for our faith, uh, we realize it's by the grace of God that we have survived this, okay? And that emboldens us to be more Christ-like, right? We will no longer be uh, spending time in the flesh of the lusts of men, but doing it for the, doing for the will of God. Verse 3 goes on to say, For we have spent enough time of our past lifetime doing the will of the Gentiles, meaning doing the will of the godless, all right? When, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, and lewdness, that obviously uh, refers to sexual sin. Lust does not just refer to sex, but it can refer to money, to power, prestige. Okay, you're lusting after these things. Drunkenness. Ah, okay. As the old Tom T. Hall song says, I like beer, and I have been known to drink to excess. And you know what? I can testify that nothing good comes out of drinking to excess. Now, I'll still have a nice German beer with a nice German meal, but you know, nothing good comes out of drinking to excess. Uh, because here it says that revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. Okay, now, you wouldn't think that we here in modern times would have to deal with this, but this, this comes out of Deuteronomy. Chapter 7, verse 25 says, You shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not cover the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. What that means is anything that comes between you and God is, is an idol, and it's abominable. It's an abomination to God. Boy, that was quick. Did you see that? I saved it. Okay. So, interesting doing things outside. I don't know if you hear the, the rock and roll band in the background, but, you know, hey, it's pretty nice being out here tonight. All right. Verse 4 goes on to say, In regard to these, they think that it's strange that you do not run with them with the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. The speaking evil of you is ridiculing, you know, okay. Boy, look at those guys. Look look at those nitwits across the way on that park, and there's some guy yabbering about some Bible study. We're having fun over here getting gassed, you know. It, well, they, nobody's saying that to us, but people can. Uh, it, thinking it's strange. Now, here's something. St. Augustine, before he was a believer in Jesus, he was known to be quite the womanizer, okay? And so one day, Augustine's walking down the street and there's a lady that he had spent some time with and he was trying to uh, uh, get by without her seeing him and she's hollering out after him, Augustine, Augustine. She says, it's me. And he says, I know, but it's not me. <laughs> there has to be, if you're doing that, there has to be a change. Okay. Now, 
It goes on to say in verse 5, they will give an account, they, meaning those who are godless, will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead. Okay, now, here's something that seems kind of wonky, doesn't it? Kind of seems to make you feel like, okay, there must be a purgatory because this gospel is being preached to the dead. Key word in this sentence, was preached. In other words, past tense. It's not being preached to the dead. It was preached to those, actually, if you look in the ESV, it says those who are now dead. Clarifies it more okay that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to god in the spirits okay judged according to men judged by human standards in the flesh that's in the body but live according to god in the spirit verse 7 but the end of all things you know this is kind of interesting since i was asked to uh, have some remarks on Matthew 24. Well, we got some end times things going on right here. But the end of all things is at hand. Okay, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Remember, when the, okay, this is written, you're saying, okay, come on, Willie, this has been written about 2,000 years ago, and it says that it is at hand. Well, remember God who invented time works outside of the constraints of time. Second Peter, which we'll be studying here pretty soon, Second Peter 3 verse 8 says, But, beloved, do not forget that this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God stays it works outside of time. Okay, here we go. Now, so it says, therefore, be serious and watchful. Again, be prepared. Be prepared. Anticipate the coming of Jesus. Don't just say, oh, you know, I understand it's going to be a while. I got plenty of time to get right with the Lord. No, you don't. Hopefully, he comes home. Hopefully, he shows up before this for this video is over be prepared okay now verse 8 goes on to say above all things have fervent love for one another for love covers a multitude of sins this is from proverbs 10 verse 12 now i was at a bible study brought along a friend of mine to a bible study one time and it was one of those fill in the blank things you know what does this and all and one there it says Blank will cover a multitude of sins. And my buddy says, I got that one. And I said, what's that? Bondo. <laughs> no, love covers a multitude of sins. Just think about that. When, you know, when somebody's being really rotten, if you love on them, that can change. It's not easy, but it can change. Verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to the one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Okay, we all know us hot rodders understand manifolds, intake manifolds. You got one thing and it goes out to many things. Well, here I would like to read to you a couple of, uh, you know, 
list of gifts, spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or minister, let us use it to in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 says, For the one is given word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretations of tongues. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, that is the manifold. That's that's where to use these gifts. That's an example. There are more examples. That's three pretty big ones. Examples of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. You know, God supplies that. Okay, here I am. I'm just a nitwit hot rodder guy that talks too much. But through the grace of God, I'm able to communicate to people in a manner in which they understand the gospel message. That's what it's talking about. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. I'm not, I'm no great shakes, but God supplies this ability, okay? That in all things, that's that word. All means all. That's all all means, right? Okay, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, which means that, that it shall be so. This is Hebrew. Recently on a face plant conversation, a guy I know mentioned, no, nah, you really mean what you mean is almond raw. And talking about the uh, the uh, uh, god of the Egyptians that had a man's body and a uh, head of a well, I want to say donkey, but that's not it. A bit of a bull or something like that, almond raw. Well, you know what? Yeah, Satan makes that all look really good because yes, there was almond raw. We know that, but from history. But guess what? This is a Hebrew word. This is not an Egyptian word, and it means it means it shall be so. Alright, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to trial try you, that's a tongue twister, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when His glory is revealed. You may be glad with exceeding joy. Okay, Christ's suffering. Now we remember our hero Peter here. 
Remember when Jesus said that he was going to the cross to be crucified. What did Peter say? Oh no, that can't happen. No way, no how. I'll keep them from doing it. And what does is, what is, uh, Jesus then call Peter? Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You know, Jesus went to the cross willingly to pay the price for your sins, my sins, or the sins of the world. Okay? So, we are partaking in the sufferings of Christ in a small manner just by following Him. Okay? Um, our buddy, our uh, buddy Peter again, uh, did like so many of us do. I'm pretty good at it. As he failed to uh, engage brain before opening mouth. I like that. That uh, Jesus told Peter that you know that he was the rock that the church would be built on, and the next thing he calls him a, a calls him Satan. So you know, Peter had an interesting life. Verse 14: If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, which we expect from the world. Remember that. We expect people, okay, here's the deal. When somebody stubs their toe or does something like that, do they holler out, Joseph Smith? Or do they, you know, they holler out, Allah? No, they, they take the Lord's name in vain. Interesting that, isn't it? And we expect the blaspheme. I like to tell people when they say that, well, he's here to help you, but not if you talk to him like that. Okay, but on their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, Jesus is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or like this one, or as a busybody in people's matters. I have an idea that Peter had a little bit of an experience with that, and that's why he, he mentioned that, because they suffer, guess what, they suffer grief and pain, right? not for the sake of Jesus. They suffered grief and pain for their own doing. Okay. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. Okay. We don't glorify God for, but we glorify God in our sufferings. Okay. When the Apostle Andrew was crucified, right? He's, it's interesting. All these guys, oh, they had to be liars and all this. Well, wait a minute. They all got martyred for their faith, and they, they would not get martyred in their, um, um, for a lie. Nobody would do that. But anyway, Andrew, when he was crucified, preached Christ to the top of his voice until he died. Okay? There it is glorifying God in his sufferings. Verse 17, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Those who do not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Verse 18, Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner, sinner appear? All right? That comes out of Proverbs 11:31. Finally, verse 19. Therefore, that again, that's one of those deals. Says because of that, do this: those who suffer according to the will of God, commit their souls to Him in doing good, as a as to a faithful Creator. 
Okay, we're going to finish up a little bit early tonight, just, just because I know somebody's going to have a uh, question, comment, or a smart aleck remark. None being seen. I'll tell you what, uh, again, I do... I thought you were talking about Chinese food. Oh, oh, ooh, that's bad. After, after all this, anyway, uh, if you do have any questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks, be sure to let me know. I'm happy to answer all those. And, and with that, let's close with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you have provided for us to be together. Thank you for this time here at uh, Lake Havasu City. Lord, I just praise your holy name. And Lord, I pray for anyone who is within the sound of my voice who does not know you as their Lord and Savior. Please, Lord, soften our hearts. Remove that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We weren't all that early. Oh, you're panning more. I should have shut up.